welcome everybody to the First Christian Church podcast. This is called FCC Talk, and we're, we're kind of trying something new today. We are me and our worship minister, Dan Stribling. Oh, I don't have the names pulled up here. Show explains. Boom, there we go. All right, All right, John and Dan here with you at the <laughs> FCC Talk uh, podcast. So really, we want to just try and do something new here. We want to try to do something that is productive, but it's casual, it's uplifting, and it's kind of relational for you. You know, in our society, I've recognized <laughs> that I kind of get to know people through podcasts, and 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 it doesn't happen uh, in person as much as we it once did. So I know a lot of people listen to podcasts on their way into work. And so this is going to be kind of a longer form podcast. We have our sermons, obviously that Chris does. We have the truth Tuesday podcast, but this is going to be more of a longer form thing. And it's, we're just really, really excited to do it. What do you think, Dan? Well, you you kind of scare me when you say that it's going to be relational because I get worried that I'm going to slip up and you know provide more information than people really want to hear. <laughs> yeah. You know, about to find out more <laughs> not, about us than you really want to know. But not I think that relational, Dan. Not not that relational. All right, I'll, I'll try to keep a lid on it. You know, <laughs> I, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Just an opportunity to talk and chat, and you know, just sort of do some things off the cuff. It'll be pretty cool. Yeah, so the way we're going to structure this is we're going to kind of have like three or four different articles that have come out recently that we felt like were kind of uplifting and were, again, kind of like I said, casual. Like this isn't going to be an in-depth Bible study. We're not going to sit here and get out our commentaries, you know, and get out uh, every single Bible. I know, right? You came for the wrong reasons, Dan. I'll live. (laughs) <laughs> but we want to we want to try and do something where we're sharing information with you, sharing uplifting things that we find and just kind of discuss them and what they mean in our lives. And who knows, maybe it'll be similar for you. Maybe it will be something different and you can kind of tell us about it. But, you know, if you see us on Sunday morning, if there was something you liked, something you didn't like, whatever, just a comment you have, please let us know because we want this to be something for you all and, and not just not just for us to do here at work. <laughs> so we're not so, yeah. looking for new things to do by the way we have plenty to do we just love you guys you're right right we just we we're just want trying to, to enrich your lives we want to be <laughs> relational but not too relational right there yeah yeah so a lot of the stuff you hear us talk about are kind of like current event things we're not going to get into politics that is talked about way too often and there's political radio and all kinds of podcasts you can listen to for that we don't we're not doing that Keep me uh, out of that we, junk. yeah exactly but we will talk about like ministry insights kind of what is going on in ministry if there's any news with that uh, like an article we have today is about a vbs at another church uh so we're just going to kind of talk through vbs and I, that's what i noticed i haven't I don't talk about VBS with anybody really other than parents and volunteers. If you're not in VBS, you don't hear me talk about it a lot. And it's a really, really cool thing. So we're going to talk through some of that. Uh, Just our personal lives, our personal, uh, you know, things that we've gone through, how they relate to the articles, different things like that. And then, like I said, some Bible, not really a whole lot of sermons or anything like that. Not the in-depth stuff, but maybe share a Bible verse here and there. So, Dan, what do you think about that? You ready to go? Sounds good. Let's do it. All right. Sounds good. So our first article, like I said, is about VBS. It comes from NPR News, and I have forgotten where this VBS was from. But NPR talking about church stuff. This should be good. Right, exactly. So I read through the article. It's actually a pretty well done article, and okay. it's it's fun uh, talking about you know like the very first line is hundreds of kids in matching teal blue t shirts stream into Berean Baptist Church. Oh, it's in Minnesota uh, for vacation Bible school. You know, and kind of talking about that. Dan, you you run the music for our vacation Bible school. Kind of mm-hmm. tell us. Whoops my camera there <laughs> kind of tell us what has your experience with vacation bible school been you know over the years and when you got here too well over the years you know my experience with vbs has been a little bit mixed i haven't always been very deeply involved in vbs in the earliest years i actually didn't even touch the music most of what i did was teaching classes and kind of being a parent volunteer which i think is a lot more common for the different volunteers that are involved, you know, doing the music is very specific, but you know, the people with the real kind of boots on the ground type work that are putting in a lot of the long, hard hours and doing a lot of the work for VBS. Guess what? They're the people, you know, doing crafts, leading groups, sitting on the floor with the kids during the different sessions, all that kind of stuff. I did that stuff for a number of years before ever 
touching the music, which is kind of weird, right? Because I do music, but there was always somebody else to do it. So since uh, since being here, you know, my main thing has been leading the music for the kids, which really is just all about bringing as much energy as possible, you know, because we're, we're trying to create you know, or I should say, I'm trying to create an environment where the kids get really excited to participate. And if the kids are really excited to participate, that's a great opportunity to lead them towards what it is we're participating in, which really at its core is worship of God. And so mm -hmm. we associate all those positive emotions, all those good feelings, all of that fun. We want that associated with worshiping God because we want the kids to know that, hey, worshiping God is a good experience and it can be a lot of fun. And so that's been a lot of fun for me with our VBSs is being able to kind of tackle that that side of it and then unleash them on their different classes and all the stuff that they get to do so yeah it's it's vbs for me i've never had a bad experience with a vbs it's an incredibly positive thing i love it which i'm sure the kindergarten teachers just love that you use that word unleash them <laughs> yeah and you know the vbs music is kind of evolved over the years for, for us bit. you know mm -hmm. uh when i first got here it was really just kind of the the people dancing in the videos and yep. doing it that way which you know is fine and it was fun um yep. and then when did you do the first vbs here was it 2021 it was 2021 yes and we did that was, was the year of make waves oh no that was last that was two years that was uh was it no because yeah, this year this, this year, year was, was stellar. Last stellar. year we did the the orange one. Last year was make waves. Was it that make waves? Yeah, twenty twenty one was focus. That's right. That was uh or press play. No, press play. Press play. We're gonna press, press play. play. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How can okay, we forget? Yeah. Yeah, that's the most. Yeah, that one hurt ever. my hurt my shoulder pressing play <laughs> so many times. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember that one. And uh, this year, tell them what, what we did this year, Dan. What was the brand new thing? We moved the chairs out of the way. What was the new thing oh, we did this year? Yeah, we we had our very first VBS mosh pit. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. It wasn't supposed to be a mosh pit. It just kind of turned into one because once again, we got a lot. We have a lot of energy, right? But we did. Um, actually, I thought the idea to move the chairs back was really really smart because it kind of opened the floor in front of the stage for other activities like games and different things mm -hmm. like that. But it also allowed us to you know, bring the kids right up next to the stage for the worship time. Okay, which just really increased the excitement, increased the, the, the energy levels, all that just kind of kicked it up to 11. Uh, and, and everybody, everybody had a really, really good time with it. It was cool for me because I literally got to be right next to the kids. Like I'm on the stage, they're right down there in front of me. So we're high fiving and fist bumping and we're looking at each other's eyes and it just kind of made everything, you know, just, just up the level of everything. It was great. So what you're saying is there will be a mosh pit on Sunday morning soon. Maybe. <laughs> Possibly. If, if you come in and the first five rows of chairs are not there, you've be been afraid here. Be very afraid. This is this is the kind of inside information you get on the FCC. We're, we're gonna start. Podcast. We're gonna start doing some like hard rock worship mornings and stuff hey, like that. We're, we're you, yeah, standing. You told room me only. that. You told me you liked that metal song the other day. The uh, <laughs> Fall on Your Knees by Holy Name. There you yeah, go. It's, it's a great song, man. It's a great song. We should totally do it for church. Yeah. It'd be great. That's what the people come to the podcast for, Dan, is your heavy metal <laughs> Christian band uh, song recommendation. <laughs> I got a few well, of them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Been we'll bring metal to VBS anytime soon. So, so. <laughs> hey, they'd probably um, appreciate it. They'd go crazy. But. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The glow stick party was one thing. The next evolution of VBS is heavy metal. <laughs> There we go. Yeah, yeah. Glow <laughs> oh, sticks, glow, glow sticks, and windmill hair headbanging. Yeah, That'd be great. Yeah. So the main thing I wanted to point out in this VBS article is, you know, kind of what it says at the very top in the title. I'll read it again. It says, "Vacation Bible schools offer family-free, low-cost option for summer childcare." And you know, as much as I love the press, um, okay. I guess you know summer childcare. Right, you're right. All right. Uh, 
I kind of make a a point in like almost every single children's ministry meeting I have, whether it's VBS, whether it's, you know, just Sunday morning kids ministry that like, hey, we are not child care. We are so much more than that. We are a ministry. We are bringing these kids to God. They don't just come here so that way they can do a craft. You know, they're here for so many more reasons than that. And just kind of try to help the volunteers understand that. Uh, and then I read this and I'm like, all right, well, I think... <laughs> I think I'm saying the right things because obviously, you know, NPR News believes VBS summer childcare. <laughs> what are, what are your thoughts about summer childcare VBS, Dan? From a couple of different angles. Okay, so first off, I could see the value for the busy, hurried parent to be able to get a couple of free hours because I'll I'll admit I'll admit. We do a, at least two VBSs a summer with our kids, right? And one of those VBSs, we don't actually help at. We just go and we drop the kids off. And oftentimes we'll go out to eat or go get some shopping done or, you know, whatever. We get a couple of free hours, right? And so that, that is a nice thing. But we don't do it because we want a couple of free hours a night. We do it because... You know, our church has an excellent VBS. Other churches have excellent VBSs. And every single one of these things we can get the kids to, there's Bible learning, there's growing closer to God, there's worship, there's friendships. Like the, the fact that you're getting away from your kids for two hours seems to me like the lowest reason on the totem pole, you know, but it wouldn't surprise me either. You know, I mean, this is NPR, right? You know, and so it's interesting to, that they would even have anything positive to say about a church function. And so it wouldn't surprise me at all that the only real value that they would see in VBS is, oh, drop your kids off for two hours. You know what I mean? But yeah, but it, it, it can be good. And if a, if a parent needs a couple hours, sure, that's great. But the benefits of VBS are so much greater than just having a couple hours off. What happens in the heart of a child at VBS is invaluable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was going to say was like, yes, I, if somebody came to me and said, hey, will you watch my kid for two or three hours in the summertime? I'd be like, sure, bring him to VBS. You know, if you yeah, want right. to see the child care, <laughs> great. I don't care. But, you know, making sure that people, uh, at least the people volunteering, understand like there is so much happening with a child when they Absolutely. come to VBS beyond just, you know, the parents are getting a free two or three hours, uh, you know, to, what do you say? Go out to eat or to whatever, you know, right. You know, get some, yeah, get some chores else. done, whatever. Yeah. I did really like this quote at the end. We'll, we'll finish with this. The, uh, I think it was the leader. Oh, the youth minister, um, at the church. Um, he, you gotta be careful letting said, those guys talk on record, by the way, yeah. you just, you gotta be careful. Yeah. CJ's trustworthy, but I've met a few, you know, <laughs> oh, I just kidding. Um, but he said this about VBS at their church. It's a little long, but it says whether you're a small church of 20 people and you have five kids coming to VBS or whether you're a church of two or 3000 with 500 kids coming to VBS, you're all doing the same work. And that is reaching kids with the saving name of Jesus and letting them know that they're valued. And I just, I, I love that quote there at That's the end. That, that really is That's good. the whole thing with VBS. It's not, it's not just childcare, uh, which if, if that tells a parent to bring their kid, sure. Uh, you know, if that's how you get them to, to bring them, but it's not just childcare. It's so much more than that. Uh, letting them mm -hmm. know their value, letting them know that Jesus cares about them, loves them. Uh, all that, all that good stuff. So absolutely. No, that's good stuff. He, he can talk on, he can talk on record. That guy's okay. Right. Right. As long as he keeps it that way. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So our next article, Dan, that I found this one, uh, a little bit better of a, of a reading source, I guess you might say, uh, is the gospel coalition. Um, it's, okay. it is hope for the anxious college freshman. And it's kind of like this open letter that this um this woman jane story is writing to okay. i presume you know a female um a college freshman but you know this sparks some interest in my mind with all these freshmen going back to college i have no idea how many college freshmen are going to listen to this but if we have any you know for you and i to just kind of talk through our experience of going to college as a freshman i know what mine was um but just like that, that can be such such a hard thing. So I guess 
as quick as you can. What was your experience kind of going to be a college freshman um, when you got out of high school, Dan? Oh boy. I got, I got, I got to think back a little bit. I mean, it, it really, my freshman year of college was actually one of the best years of my life. I had so much fun that mm-hmm. year. That was the year that I met my wife and we started dating and getting to know each other. Like there was, there was all kinds of positive stuff that happened. Um, my, my college freshman year, I did not have a bad experience, but I do remember the, the transitional time, like that summer, I remember pretty vividly that summer in between ending high school and then starting school, you know, and there, there's just a, there, there's a lot of questions, right? Because there's a lot of unknowns in that period of time. And I remember, you know, what's my roommate going to be like, you know, what if my car breaks down, I'm going to be, I, I was about 11 hour drive away from home. So it wasn't like I could just hop in the car and go, you know, I had to really dedicate some time to be able to take a trip back home. So there was a lot of those kind of concerns, um, socially speaking, how's this thing going to work? You just, you really don't know. You really don't know exactly what to expect. You got a lot of hopes, you know, you have a lot of things you're looking forward to. There's a lot of cool stuff in the pipeline, but, um, but I would imagine too, you know, for a lot of kids these days, there are unique things that I am sure kids these days are anxious about that never would have even entered into my thought process. You know, we lived in an age before social media. Like if we, if we'd have had social media, you know, TikTok or Insta or any of these, then I could have gotten to know my roommate long before we ever even moved into the room. I could have checked out his socials, see what kind of pictures he was posting, seen what he was into, you know, there, we don't have that now. And I think that is both a blessing and a curse, right? Mm -hmm. But, um, I think there's just there. Yeah. I remember, uh, when I first moved in at KCU, which that's where you went your freshman year, right? Mm -hmm. KCU. Uh, I graduated from KCU. Yeah. And that was where we both first went. Uh, so four years strong the entire time there. But I remember when we first went there, oh boy, 11 years ago. Uh, but when I first went there 11 (laughs) years ago, 22. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So you're double me. Um, But I remember they started a Facebook group and Ah. it was interesting to say the least because you immediately kind of knew who was in your class and got to know people a little bit. I remember, you know, the guys I immediately kind of became friends with. They, they weren't active in the Facebook group at all. They were like, this is, I'm not doing this. This is weird type <laughs> stuff. But I remember there was like, it eventually turned into just like four or five people posting every day and, you know, basically just having conversation <laughs> with each right, other. It right. Was, it was like, it was nice, but at the same time, not everybody utilized it. <laughs> just kind of, <laughs> kind of lame overall. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like it was like a good idea, but. It was like, even at that time, Facebook seemed kind of old to, you know, high schoolers and yeah, it didn't take long for the old people to ruin Facebook. And I was one of those old people ruining it. (laughs) No shame. No shame. (laughs) Which, you know, I was always on Facebook um, when I was, uh, when I had social media into my later um, uh, high school years and stuff like that. I used Facebook Mm -hmm. and I think I used Instagram. Um, So I was on there. Uh, I just... I wasn't on there for those purposes of like groups and stuff like that, I guess. Right, I guess it was right, kind of like right, one right. of those things where you post a meme every now and then and your friends look at it and then you go to church on Sunday and say, dude, did you see my meme? You know, <laughs> <laughs> which, hey, people might still do that today. So who knows? Hey, the memes but, are still prevalent. The meme yeah. culture, meme culture lives. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The memes. I don't think the memes are going away anytime soon. We'll have hologram <laughs> memes at some point. When holograms become a thing, they'll find a way to make holograms. They'll just beam, be beamed directly to your brain at some point yeah. in the future. You know, it's just yeah. you want to sit at your it. desk, and all of a sudden there's a there's a cat looking at you. Yeah. Meow. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But I remember, you know, one thing I remember about becoming a college freshman, Dan, and this was kind of like my story I wanted to get to was, you know, when I when I was in high school, I was a bit of a loner. Um, I wouldn't say I didn't have any friends, but I just kind of had a small group of friends uh, that I and I didn't really stray outside of that group. It was more at church where I really was kind of I wouldn't say popular. That sounds, you know, 
high school cliche-ish, but you know, I was in high school. I, you know, at maybe church. more socially established. Sure. Yeah, that's a nice way to put it. But at church, I just I had so many more friends. I felt so much more comfortable mm -hmm. there. And I remember like my dad drove me to KCU my mm -hmm. very first day. And that's what a lot of this article is about is anxiety and kind of like those first no, day shitters. Sure. Yeah. But I remember going there and thinking to myself, like, I can either allow this anxiety to turn me into who I was in high school or or like who I was at my high school, or I can disregard this anxiety and say, I am going to be the person that I was at church. I'm going to make friends. I'm going to put myself out there. You know, I'm going to be kind of that, I wouldn't say crazy, but you know, just that kind of energetic guy that I was known for being at church. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to really put myself out there and do that. And I remember, cause I think it was weird. They like, they had all the freshmen go to like somebody's house for dinner and the that's not awkward at all yeah and like the mom who was doing dinner for us didn't know we were coming so they didn't actually have dinner <laughs> yeah Whoops. it was really weird it was like it was like the school nurse she oh my gosh um, her daughter was in our group and she thought that they were just coming over oh, to wow. like sit by the pool and hang out she didn't realize it was like a dinner thing so we get there and she's like, oh, see, what'd you guys have for dinner? And we're like, we're supposed to be eating here for that. <laughs> she's like, wait, what? Uh, so that's a whole Oh, no. But, but I remember sitting in the back of that van, like it was like a standard 12 passenger church van, you know, because they have those all over the place at KCU. Yep, yep. Um, but it was like a standard 12 passenger church van. I was sitting in the back row in the very corner, kind of like had my hands in my lap and wasn't really saying anything, wasn't really mm -hmm. getting involved in the conversation. And I remember thinking all this stuff through and just basically like in my mind telling myself, I am not going to be the kid I was in school, <laughs> you know, I am mm -hmm. not yeah, going yeah, to be that yeah. person. I'm going to be fun. I'm going to be energetic. And, you know, I just think with a lot of college freshmen, that's just kind of what you have to do. You just kind of have to force yourself into this mentality mm -hmm. that like, this is who I want to be. This is what I want to do. And, and, and I'm going to go make it happen. You know, right, obviously right. I'm going to, you know, pray and I'm going to, you know, rely on God. I'm going to see my worth in what he tells me, not what other people, but, but just that kind of mindset change to have the year, like you said, where you had a lot of fun, where you met all these awesome people and kind of did that. Did you have an experience like that at all, Dan? Absolutely. Um, as a matter of fact, what you were talking about, I think is a good lesson for life in general, because mm -hmm. anytime you have one of these opportunities where you kind of get thrust into a situation, which is either new or unfamiliar or where you are not known, you actually, I mean, it's easy to be, to have a lot of anxiety about it because we're worried about how we'll be judged and how we'll fit in. But at the same time, this is also an amazing opportunity to kind of grab the situation and maybe not make it what you want it to be, but to embrace it and get the most out of it. I actually learned this, uh, and I'm going way back for this example because I was in high school when I learned this lesson. Um, I was invited to be a part of something. I went to school in Illinois, and I was invited to be a part of something in Illinois called Boys State, which I'm not sure whoever's watching if you're familiar with it. I don't even remember exactly like the overarching organization that put it together. But basically what it was, was a few boys from like a bunch of Illinois high schools were selected. And by the time all was said and done, there was probably a thousand of us. And we were sent to Southern Illinois University's main campus. And we were there for a week. And it was kind of like a camp sort of situation. But the interesting thing was, is it was set up to teach us about the system of government in America. And so the boys were broken up into different dormitories into cities and then cities would each elect a mayor. And then there were also, you could also run for other offices like representative, or there was a, there was a Senate um, all the way up to eventually one boy would be elected president for the week. And we would do, we would have campaigns and do all kinds of things and learned a bunch of neat stuff along the way. When I originally went to Boys State, I did not want to be there 
I had a big audition for a theater production coming up the day after Boys State ended, oh right? And I was thinking about that, and I did yeah. not want to be at Boys State. But I remember getting there, and I'm young, man. I'm like 16, 17 years old. And <laughs> yeah. it, it, just, it just struck me while I was there. It's like, you know what? I'm here. I've got nothing else to do. I'm going to do this. And so kind of like what you were talking about, your, your freshman weekend, where he's like, you right. know what? I'm going to be the person I want to be. I just threw myself into the situation and mm -hmm. I was elected mayor of my town wow. and I made it all the way to the Senate, which was the second Whoa. highest level. I ran for president, but I didn't, I didn't, be, I didn't get the presidency. You, you can't know? win them all, Dan. You can't win them all. But the thing was, <laughs> I could have just sat in my dorm room, you know, and it still would have ended at the same time. I still would have left. I still would have gone to my theater audition, which I bombed by the way. I yeah. blew my audition. And so I ended up getting far more out of Boys State, which I didn't want to do, than my theater audition, which didn't get me anywhere. So well, I think because the, you were at Boys State, you didn't do well in the theater competition. It, I was pretty tired. Yeah. <laughs> I was I, I had to do it. I had to do a, a dance audition and I was really tired. I didn't do well. Oh. But either way, I, I think it's just a valuable lesson in there. You know, whatever situation you find yourself in, whether you want to be there or whether you don't want to be there. You never know what can happen unless you mm -hmm. really just grab the situation and make the most of it. Right. And I think that's, that, that is just a huge thing that we have to remember, especially when anxiety hits us is, you know, and I'm not disparaging, you know, saying that, you know, anxiety is just something you win in your mind and, and, you right. know, willpower, because there are terrible cases of anxiety out there that you really do need a lot of extra help for. And if anybody's going through that, I really do encourage you to go getting some extra help through counseling or something like that, because it really does do wonders. But, you know, there yeah. are situations where we really do just need to kind of have willpower and strength of the mind to say, this is not going to be my situation. I'm not going to allow this to happen. I am going to, you know, do A, B, C, D, whatever I have to do in order to make this a good situation that I can thrive in and that will be you know, good for me, good for the people around me. And I can, you know, essentially serve God. And I talk about that with the kids in chapel mm -hmm. sometimes, you know? Yep. So, yep. Yep. So, yeah. All right. Uh, we well, could, we could go into a whole thing about mental health. I just want to say real quick oh, yeah. before we change topics that um, really a lot of people worry about getting help because they're afraid it'll change you. Really what it does is it helps enable you to have the willpower to take advantage of the situation. So I'm like him. I would, I'm like John, I would definitely encourage you if you need that, go get it because it, I'm a firm believer in its practicality. hundred percent. And it's not a weakness thing. It's not no, a, no, you know, no. you are less of a person. Like you said, yeah, hundred percent. Sometimes yep. you just need somebody to talk to and there are well-trained professionals out there yep. who would do a yep. very good job of that. And just like how you go to the doctor when you have a hurt knee, <laughs> you know, yep. or whatever else, I mean, yep. it sounds small, but you can talk to Talk to somebody first. Don't go straight on the meds. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. doctors will do talk to somebody first because th th it'll work a lot better for you. Yeah. And our church has, you know, if this is anybody in the area listening to this, who's connected to our church, our church has a list of uh, trusted um, mental health professionals, counselors, stuff yes. like that, yes. that uh, we would love to put you in touch with. So anyway, mm -hmm. I feel like I cool. have to say that every time we do. Yep. Got to put that on there. Make sure we do that. So, all Very right. Good. Thank you, Dan. Let's see our last article. I guess we're going to look at is actually from Barna. I love Barna. Barna. I like Barna. Uh, Barna's good. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. If you don't know what Barna is, Barna is basically like a stats site mm -hmm. for ministry and church and Christians. Uh, you know, I love looking at the stats and sports, like football and stuff. So Barna's kind of like my, you know, person <laughs> stat place. <laughs> So, but they put together an article. It was actually last month. It was a little bit older, but I thought it was just so good. We had to reference it. It is titled, What Are People of No Faith Looking For in Faith Conversations? Ooh. And I thought this was a really, really interesting thing because, you it's know, good one. as Christians, where does our witness start? You know, our witness starts with treating people well, but it doesn't stop there. You know, we have to be willing to have some of those tougher conversations, talk about our faith and stuff, you know, and, and, and kind of go through that stuff. But it can be a little intimidating. But some of the information shared here was 
I felt like pretty encouraging, and I wanted us to uh, take some time to look at it. So the one uh, graph or whatever I wanted to reference, and I know you all can't see it on the video. I probably should have figured out a way of putting this on there, but um, it's <laughs> notes for next time. Yeah, notes for yeah. We're just getting started, people. Okay, we'll do better next time. But um, the question was between each of the following pairs of statements. Which one comes closer to your feelings about this person sharing their religious faith with you? And this was all based on people of no faith, people who identify non-religious, people who identify, you know, not just non-Christian, but completely no faith, no religion, nothing. You know, maybe not atheists, maybe agnostic, but they just, they don't have any faith. Uh, I want to say that faith and religion or anything like that. So, um, the first option was, I felt cared for. The second option was, I felt imposed on. 36% said that they felt cared for. 33% said they felt imposed on. And, you know, that can seem kind of close and make us think like, oh, I don't know. But in reality, you know, somebody sharing their faith had more of a positive reaction to people than it did a negative reaction, which I think no, no, is no. really that blows my mind that there would be that many people saying that they felt cared for. Right. Like that blows my mind. I would have thought that would be way slanted on the other way. Right. Of course, there's, you know, some I think this comes out to like, you know, what, 69% or something like that. So obviously there was what well, 31% yeah. that remained neutral. Just kind of but, in the middle. Yeah. Right. But still, yeah, I'm with you. 36% That's they felt cared for. You know, yeah. that's not what you hear in man. That's media. a one in three shot. That's like, get out there and share your faith right now mm -hmm. type numbers, man. Right. Right. Uh, and the next one was, I felt more positive toward Jesus Christ. Okay. That was a, obviously the positive one. The negative response response was, I felt more negative toward Jesus Christ. The positive response, I felt more positive toward Jesus Christ was 30%. And the I felt more negative toward Jesus Christ was 23%. No. So, again, people are having a bit more of a positive huh. interaction toward Jesus when people share their faith. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then the third one. So, there's six here. The third one, positive response, I felt heard, was 28%. Negative response. Mm -hmm. I felt unheard, so the exact opposite, 25%. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. somebody hearing about somebody else's faith felt heard more often than they felt unheard. Now, again, that one, what? That comes out to barely above 50%. So still the neutral kind of one out there in the middle. But still, you know, people feel more positive about being heard than unpositive. But here's where it gets me. All right, you ready for these three, Dan? I'm going to kind of ruffle these yeah, off. Yeah, 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 hit me. All three of those were much more, I wouldn't say much more, were more positive than negative, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, at least, So this yeah. one, this one, positive response. I wanted to hear more from the person, 26%. I wanted okay. to not talk about this again, 35%. Okay, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. I felt closer to the person in question, so positive response, 25%. I felt less close to the person in question, 29%. Mm. And then the final one, this one's the real disparity. I wanted to know more about Jesus Christ, 23%. I did not want to know more about Jesus Christ, 43%. So those are probably the ones you would expect a little mm. bit more, but it just kind of, you know, felt weird um, that like people felt cared for more. People felt more positive toward Jesus Christ. People felt more heard. And then when it's like, I want to get to know this person better. I want to be closer to this person. I want to hear more from this person. I want to hear more about Jesus Christ. It's like, Nope, all negative. Right. Shut that stuff down. Right. Exactly. I don't, that has kind of struck me. I wonder what, what yeah. your thoughts are on that, Dan. Well, I mean, it's a very unique thing that happens. Like if we keep this sort of thing in perspective when it comes to sharing our faith with those, especially that are outside of the faith, right? Because what what, what does the scripture say? The scripture says that who, who is the prince of this world, mm -hmm. right? 
right? Everybody serves a master, whether you serve God or whether your life is controlled by the evil one. And I hate to say it, that's pretty blunt, but it's what the scripture says, right? Like right. you're either, you're either with God or you're not. And so you got to figure that when you share your faith with a person who's outside of the church, the first thing that's going to happen is that evil influence that dictates that that person's decision-making process and their sinful nature is going to start yelling in the side of their head that, Hey, you need to reject this stuff. This is not mm -hmm. what we want to hear. This is not good information. And yet even as potentially the spirit of God begins to call to that person as well. And so it's an extremely heavy topic of conversation for anybody. And it's, it's not something that's generally spoken of in a very casual way. If you want to get an extreme reaction out of a person, even a person you've known for a really long time, bring up the subject of faith. It will mm -hmm. always elicit a very, very powerful reaction because it's a thing that's very, very personal and cuts straight to the heart. I give kudos to all those people that shared their faith and were able to produce a reaction in the other person that said, I felt cared for, I felt heard. Man, that that is just awesome when we when we can communicate our faith in those ways because that's how we're going to speak to the heart. Because I really believe that when we talk to people about our faith, now there's a few different ways to do this, but in a very general sense, you you, you you're doing spiritual warfare. Mm -hmm. You literally are talking to a friend, loved one, acquaintance, person who is under the direct umbrella of influence by mm -hmm. the most evil form of power in the universe, mm -hmm. right? So what you are doing is you're coming into direct combat with this incredibly evil um, influence in their life. So it doesn't surprise me at all that people would have these extremely negative reactions, especially after they walk away, because as soon as you're alone with your thoughts, all that stuff that you're normally used to hearing is going to come creeping back in. And really that's part of the reason why it takes the work of the Holy spirit to mm -hmm. cut through all of that and get straight to that person's heart. We're just the messengers. hundred percent, hundred percent. And I, you know, I did a truth Tuesday, um, I don't know, about a month or two ago on how, you know, we can still be Christians, how we can still have faith despite the failures of Christianity in the past, mm -hmm. you know, and that was a really, really important truth Tuesday for me, because I know even in college a little bit, um, you know, I'd seen the failures of Christianity and I've heard people talk <laughs> about, you know, the, the I've been know. a part of the failures of Christianity. Okay. I'm <laughs> yeah. not perfect. Exactly. Uh, None of us are not perfect. even close. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but I, you know, I had to remind myself so many times that, you know, just because somebody, you know, claims they're a Christian doesn't mean that everything they do is what a Christian should do, you know, is what Jesus taught us to do. Right. People get it wrong. People are misguided people, you know, given to false teachings, whatever else. And we have to remember that, you know, it's, it's much more, should I put this? It's just, it, it's much better to listen to an individual person talk about their faith and think about them through the words that they say themselves and not what have Christians done in the past. You know, this is a right, big thing right. right now in our society. Don't stereotype me. Don't stereotype me based on all of these right. things. Well, we don't want to stereotype Christians as well, because unfortunately there's a lot of really loud ones out there of kind of hurt the reputation of right, Christians right, a little bit. Right. Uh, but that's what I think in my mind that, you know, these people had a positive experience with one individual person, but there must be something going on in their mind that they heard about or that they um, have talked to a friend about that, you know, whether it was true or sensationalized, whatever, that really just kind of left a mark on their brain that, you know, one conversation might not change. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Right. And that's kind of sad to think about. You know, I'd love to say that, you know, you can have one conversation with a friend who's an atheist and then they'll come to Christ. Uh, but anybody that I've ever met who uh, is not in Christ and you have to try and, you know, teach them and win them towards Christ. I did my tr another Truth Tuesday on this the other day. It takes a long, long time. It's a process, yeah. To be that witness, to be that person that can really help them understand and, and know these things. Have you ever had a, a, a situation like that where you kind of worked on somebody for an extended amount of time, Dan? <sighs> yep. I've got one I can think of that succeeded and one I can think of that failed. 
And of course I don't control the outcome. I can only control what I contribute to the situation. But yes, I I did have one situation where I I had a friend and we were friends for a few years. And after about three years, he did eventually give his life to Christ. And I think that most of that was actually based more upon what he saw God doing in my life than anything that ever came out of my mouth. Like Mm -hmm. really, really that particular story was more about him seeing the work of God, you know, because oftentimes it's, it's like, you know, the whole blue pill, red pill analogy, right? Like when, when, when you take the red pill, all of a sudden you can see the truth for what it is. You see the real world. And when, when you begin to see the hand of God in things, all of a sudden you can't not see the hand of God in things. But my other friend um, who, I mean, I say I failed. I don't think I really failed because he has free will and, you know, God gave him free will and he chose to reject it. Um, That one was very painful for me, but I, I I could go into a lot of different avenues with this, but I will also say this, the situation with the friend that failed made me a stronger, a stronger Christian Mm -hmm. because he was able to ask me questions that stumped me, that Mm -hmm. caused me to have to go and do research. As a matter of fact, the reason I'm such an apologetics buff now is because of that friend who failed because I had to go back and, and answer questions and reframe things. Uh, and, and, and I would, I'd go back and I'd come back and we'd have conversations. He just, his, his particular problem was pride. His particular mm-hmm. problem was pride. He was an incredibly, I mean, he is and pride he, as in like selfish, right? S- self pride. Yes. He, yeah. he believed he was strong enough to deal with any situation. And, um, he's the kind of person that I wish God had made me physically. Right. <laughs> you know, it's about six, two, incredibly strong, very, yeah. you know, very muscular, athletic, um, and just could never really wrap his head around the idea that he needed a savior. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So very, and, and, and God's probably still working on his heart. I mean, this has been a while. Okay. And right. God likes to play the long game. All I'm saying is yes, we are the messengers. We can't control the outcome, but God can even take these, these seemingly negative situations and use them to strengthen us. Our call is to be faithful. Right. Yeah, and that's huge. You know, I, I think you made a really good point there about not seeing it as a failure on your part that like, oh, you didn't talk to them enough or that right, you right. didn't have the right magic words it or something. Hit like him that. hard enough with my Bible. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah, it is a sword, you know. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, don't look at it as a failure. Obviously, we want mm-hmm. to, you know, motivate ourselves to get out there and to do those things. But at the end of the day, you know, Scripture tells us it's it's God working on the person's heart. And it's ultimately, right. you know, we, we believe in free will. It's ultimately their choice. You know, Absolutely. what are they going to do? And, and, and God will work on their hearts and we can be the tool to help with that. And like you said, help ourselves sometimes too with our own uh, growth as well. But, you know, sometimes people just make the decisions they make and we can't put every single decision mm-hmm. somebody else makes on ourselves. Jeez, if we did that in ministry, Dan, you oh, know, man. we'd be fired within two weeks, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, it's all comes down to the spirit yep. and I've had to learn that the hard way over the years because I've, I've thought in the past, you know, that I could logic people into the kingdom. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, you can't argue. I mean, I don't want to make the blanket statement because there are a very small number of people. I think a very small number of people who will come to faith through logic and reason. Okay. Mm -hmm. But for the vast majority of people, and I'm one of them, you cannot argue them into heaven. Mm -hmm. Okay. God has to touch their heart. Right. Right. And, and we can't touch the heart. Only God can touch the heart. We're just laying the seeds and giving God a door to walk through. Planting seeds. Yep. I don't even think we're giving him the door. He's got the door. We've just been called upon to share the message. You know, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's the the verse I have hanging here in my office, 1 John 4.12. You know, we are the full expression of God's Mm -hmm. love, you know? So God's love will always be there, uh, but he is- Which for my friend who who came to Christ, that's what he saw. He saw the expression of God's love in my life and went, Mm -hmm. man, I want that. I want to know that God, right? Right, yeah. And sometimes it has a huge- 
event in their life happening. You know, I know we need to yep. move on, but just a quick story of, of a friend I had uh, when I was in high school, I had a friend that desperately needed Christ in his life. Um, you know, he just, he, he had so many different avenues in his life. He could never pick where he wanted to go. You know, he was kind of one of those guys that had a bunch of different friends, but didn't really know, you know, he was kind of also a little flaky too. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I won't say what I was going to say, um, but I'll tell you later, Dan. <laughs> I don't want to stereotype <laughs> anybody after he's got Enough said, enough said. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, he was, he was this really, he was this really good guy. He just kind of, struggled with that self-pride a little bit like you talked yeah. about yeah and i it's always a human trait oh yeah oh yeah it was i always brought him to church and he was a good friend of mine for two or three years in high school and eventually we just went our separate ways um you know i went off to college at kcu he kind of stayed home and got a job in the workforce there but i remember i think it was my senior year of college or right after my senior year one of the two he got into a car wreck and he is actually handicapped now. He uh, has no feeling in his legs. He's completely mm. paralyzed from the waist down. And wow. uh, he's in a wheelchair. And he came to Christ. Yeah. You know, like it, it was kind of like this big thing. And he kind of always goes back to, you know, God saved me. God kept me alive for a reason, you know, because like in his mind, I don't remember all the details of the crash, but in his mind, he was like, there was no way I should have lived through that. You know, like right, I should have, right. I should be dead. I should not be alive right now, but yeah. God kept me alive for some sort of reason. Uh, right. And I think his father had a big impact on that because his father always went to church and kind of always That's wanted cool. to as well. Right. But his parents were kind of separated. So, you know, mm -hmm. I knew his, uh, when he lived with his mom was when he was near me, that kind of stuff. Okay. Anyway, I don't want to okay. get into all his personal life, oh, but, okay. um, but you know what I'm saying? Like it was kind yeah. of that big event in his life of nearly losing his life that made him realize like, I need God and God has me here for a reason. And, you know, it's kind of sad, but it's like, when he was, when, when God literally crippled him is when he realized I need God, you mm. know, and that's sad to think about. I don't want anybody to have to go through that, but at the same time, it's like it led him to God. And so, you know, he's going to be, you know, dancing in eternity rather than someplace else. Right. Know, right. Well, so, much well, and we don't, uh, and I just, I just want to kind of add to that a little bit because, you know, I've, I've, I know similar stories, you know, where people have experienced tragedy or injury or personal loss and, um, God has worked amazing things through that. You know, I don't know necessarily if, you know, and, and I don't think you even meant to say it this way, but you kind of said it, you know, that, that God crippled him. I wouldn't actually right. say that God, that God did it, you know, with sometimes well, humans, yeah, yeah, you know yeah I, mean. I, I know what you're, I know what you mean, but I just want to point this out because there might be some of us out there. Cause I used to think this way too, like, well, why would God do this to me? Well, you know what? The truth of the reality is, is that we live in a broken world and tragedy is going to happen. We see that theme spread throughout the scriptures. Christ himself said the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Right. Everybody gets rained on bad stuff's going to happen. The amazing thing, is God's ability to draw good out of a bad situation. It is exactly. unbelievable. And so when I look into this friend's situation, you know, um, there's a very good chance that God may have acted in the situation to spare his life, mm -hmm. you know, for the purpose of creating this bridge to restoration because he right. knew that he would be able to utilize this horrible situation in order to reconcile his child back to himself. Right. You know, and that, that's, that's all I was trying to get at. With yeah. That. And I, really, yeah. like you said that God did it, but he used this situation, you know, exactly. for his right good, for the good of God. Right. So right thanks on. for saying right that, Dan. Yeah. yeah I mean, sure. Maybe, sure. Maybe come across that way, but excellent, excellent thought there. So, all right. Well, those are our three topics. What we're also going to do with each one here, because like I said, we're going to have Dan one week. Next week, we'll have CJ. The week after that, we'll have Chris, and we'll kind of go in a rotation like that. Uh, so what I'm going to do with each of them, since I'm kind of the host here, I'm going to talk through uh, a question with them. And I don't know, it might be uplifting to you. I don't know. You let us know if you like it or not. It was just an idea <laughs> I had. But the question is, Dan, what you eating, what you watching, what you 
read in, you know? So is there anything okay. you're reading? You don't have to necessarily answer all three, but it's just, is there a certain, you know, thing you're reading right now? It doesn't necessarily have to be ministry related. Is there something watching right now? You know, is there a recipe yeah, that you're yeah, eating yeah, right yeah. now or a restaurant <laughs> you're eating at right now that, you know, it's kind of new to you that you could talk about? Well, uh, as, as far as the eating part, that's the easiest one because right. for the last couple of months, I've been absolutely addicted to those little meatball pizzas at Junior's Shack. Oh. I love those things because the meatballs there are just, and just, just, it's a heavenly experience. Like if I could combine eating meatball pizza with worship at the same time, I would do it. And that's probably be about the closest to heaven on earth. I think I could ever get They're They're really, really good. It's a good thing. They're closed on Sundays, right? It's Dan, good thing they're closed bringing... on Sundays. I'd be up there playing guitar, strumming the strings with a piece of pizza, you know, <laughs> gross. Um, <laughs> Aside from that, I'm not really watching anything yeah. right now. Just old Simpsons reruns because I can't find anything good and new on TV to watch anymore. So I just, yeah. you know, I'll occasionally throw on Bart, movie. throw on Homer, yeah. and see what happens. And just yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's like it's like TV comfort food, you know, but only yeah. before season twenty, <laughs> right? You know, you got to go back before the Disney acquisition, right? Um, <laughs> which I don't even remember what that was. And, and what am I reading? Um, what am I reading? Oh man. I mean, honestly, right now I am, uh, I've been reading through just like some old, like Stephen King fiction. You oh, know, nice. I really like some of his original stories. I don't, you know, it's one of those things you got to be careful with. Right. But um, he's one of those authors that I love the short stories. Mm -hmm. And so I've been reading back through his original, his very first short story publication, which is Night Shift. And there's mm -hmm. just some classics in there. And I really enjoy that. I love the ability of stories to kind of, how do, how do I put this? Not really like overshadow reality, but they kind of put a lens on reality. When you're able to sort of inject yourself into a story, especially a short story, it can just kind of help um, put a different angle on the way you see the world around you. It might make you open to things you previously were overlooking. So he's one of those authors that just does that to me. I don't know why it's part yeah. of his style. I've never been much of a Stephen, Stephen King reader. I don't uh, blame you. He's yeah. one of those guys. I would never recommend him to anybody <laughs> like, Oh man, you got to go check out this book by Stephen King. But you know, it's yeah. just one of those things where it's like, for some reason, his particular style of written art, um, for the most part that he's written right. some stinkers, man, like stuff that I haven't even finished and go, Oh man, I can't take that, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But, um, when he lands, he lands yeah. and it can, it's really moving. Yeah. And that's what I went, you know, this isn't really the segment where we're, you know, recommending anything, I guess. Oh if you man. I, yeah, to I try to, you know, get an interest in something we're interested in. I guess you could, but it's just uh, a just, little window, you know, I mean, yeah. Like we said, the relational part, you know, so if you're at home and you are like a, you know, a secret Stephen King fan and you don't know if anybody <laughs> closet, in the church closet King fan, yes. man, <laughs> hey, talk to Dan because uh, he's read them. He knows them and uh, he has a good time with them. So so there you go. You know, um, for me, you know, I uh, I'm just gearing up for football season. Right on, right on. Football. I know you're not about that, Dan. So uh, it's a wonder we are no, so there different. Is there is something I love about football season. There's right, something I love about it. It's all, it's all the sales at Kroger on the chips. <laughs> See, everybody benefits from football season. Okay. You Get yourself some good lays. Nice thing. That's a right. dip, you know, Doritos. They, oh, there you go. Doritos, the cool, cool ranch or nacho cheese. Which one are you? Nacho cheese all yeah. the way. I love mm. cool ranch. Like I'm the cool spicy ranch nacho, man. Yeah. Oh, I hated when they took away the cool ranch Dorito at, Taco Bell. That was a, that was a sad Lame. day. Yeah. Lame. Yeah. So, uh, no, but yeah, I'm just gearing up for football season, man. Uh, Ohio state Buckeyes get ready to watch them. Uh, and my, uh, I guess I like the Indiana Hoosiers. So I know there's probably a few Boilermakers listening to this. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> sorry. You know that about me now. Just act like you didn't hear it. Okay. Yeah. You just press pause on this part or skip the what? 30 second button or <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'm gearing up for football season. Can't wait and uh, ready to uh, <clears throat> ready to watch some Buckeye wins. I hope so. All right, man. So yeah, very good. All I right. will look um, forward to listening to you talk about those. Yeah, and you'll just zone out. <laughs> <laughs> you say, "Oh, John's talking football again." 
<laughs> All right. That's, that's uh, the game where they run around carrying the the, the weird shaped ball, right? The pigskin, right? It's the, the pigskin. Pig <laughs> Is that the one where they hit the ball with the sticks through the hockey goals? Yeah, no, it's the one where they throw the ball through the big yellow bars. <laughs> or I guess they kick it. Makes me think of that Futurama episode where like the, the space aliens are learning to play baseball and one of them hits a home run and he goes, Oh hooray, I made a score point. <laughs> I'm that guy. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Oh man. Well, uh before we finish up here, Dan, is there um uh, you know, this is I guess kind of our two or three minutes of Bible in this where okay. we just talk about the Bible stuff. Is there, are there any Bible verses that have been kind of on your heart lately? Anything like that, that um, has been impacting you and uh, talk a little bit about that. Is there anything like that going on right now? Well, honestly, the stuff that I've been thinking about the most, and it's probably fitting that I already mentioned it, you know, I preached on it a couple of months ago and uh, I mentioned it just a little bit ago in our conversation with you know, the, um, the, the, the state of the world, you know, with the mm-hmm. rain falling on the just and the unjust for some, that's been a huge theme for me lately. And I think it's because we've seen so many folks around us and, and ourselves included experiencing just some really kind of unfortunate circumstances, man. I know, I mean, I know for, for my family this year, we've had a couple of things happen that have been like super big downers, you know, mm-hmm. and some challenges and stuff to work through. And it just seems like, it seems like those things are happening with greater intensity, but then Jesus comes along and he also says, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Right. Okay. And so we, we just, we have to keep things in perspective. And so if I had a scriptural thought, my, my thought really would be, you know, um, basically just hang in there, mm-hmm. you know, hang in there. I mean, God never guaranteed. He never guaranteed that it would be easier if we followed him. What he guaranteed is that we would never be alone. Right. Okay. And so, and, and, and that's part of the beautiful thing is knowing that, you know, we always have companionship. We always have God to go to, but you know what? Sometimes stuff happens, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes stuff just happens, but like we discussed, God can bring good out of it. Not only can he bring good, he likes to. Like that's, that's the thing. When you look at God and the way that he works, God loves drawing good out of a horrible situation. Some of the greatest tragedies in history have produced some of the greatest long lasting positive contributions because of what God has been able to do. Right. So just, and, and he, he wants to do that on a, uh, like, like your, your life can be a microcosm of that. Right. Right. And you know, I, I think when you talk about that, I think about the storm that happened. What was it about a month or just a few weeks ago or something like that? That yeah. cut out so many people's electricity. Feels you like a yours. year ago, but it was only a few weeks. You know, right? You had your electricity out for what, like three about or four, four and days? a half days? Yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness, I couldn't yeah. imagine. Yeah, I yeah, remember we lost we lost a bunch of meat in the freezer, and oh, it, was, it was terrible. Bad. It was bad. I remember getting home that night because we were actually at Hannah's parents' house that day because that was the day when we had to get the car because you know the engine you know decided it was going to die on our other one. Uh, yeah, yeah, more um, bad luck, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, this didn't even seem to compare to what some other people went through with their with their you know, power going out. And man, when we drove home that night seeing, or, uh, yeah, when we drove home, it wasn't even that night cause it was so dark. We couldn't see anything, but when we drove home from there, what was it? A couple days later when it was light outside, uh-huh. seeing yep. all the trees that were falling oh, on people's houses. And dude, I remember there was this yeah. carport that is at this person's house that we pass by normally. And it had just been completely crunched up and blown across the road. And it was like wow. in somebody else's yard. I was like, Oh my goodness. Thank God that it didn't hit that person's house. You know, I could carport could have just completely hit their house. But, mm, um, mm. but you know, I think of that stuff that, that rough. man, it can just happen. I mean, we had a tornado warning around here, just a couple of, about a week ago or something like that. Or I think it was last weekend um, where mm-hmm. that stuff happened. Yeah. It's, it's tough. It's tough, but yeah. Hey, you had a friend that loaned you a generator for at least a couple. Yeah. And of I, st- I still got to give that friend his generator back. It's locked out back in my shed. Well, <laughs> trust me, I'm not bringing up the generator to get it back. Don't worry. <laughs> you fine, John, I'll bring you back your stuff. <laughs> Just know I don't have a pickup truck uh, because I am one of the only people that lives on my road that drives a little pill car. <laughs> And doesn't have a pickup truck, so I, you, you, probably, 
you'll probably need to use your minivan at some point to bring it back to me. Hey, but, that's how we got. That's how we got it home. Yeah, yeah. So you, whenever you can, don't worry about it. But <laughs> all right. Well, hey, I had a lot of fun with this day, and I hope you did too. Um, it was a good time. Like I said, if you were watching and you enjoyed this, please let us know. Uh, we don't want to keep doing this if nobody likes it, but we would like to keep doing something like this if you enjoy it. So if you listen to this and you liked it, catch us on Sunday morning. You can send us an email. I'm jrhodes at fccbrazil.org. Dan is dstribbling. You can also find him on the website um, at fccbrazil.org. Um, so, you know, let us know what you think. We'll have CJ next week. We'll have Chris the week after that. And, uh, if you really like it, might go live, might go live on YouTube and see, that'd be fun. See what we can do. So some conversations uh, going, we we'll see, we'll see what we can do. So anyway, <laughs> thanks so much for watching everybody. Dan, you have any final thoughts? Nope. Nope. We're all good. It's been a good all time. Right. All right. Thanks everybody for watching. Have a great day. All right. See you guys.